welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. Level two of the high school football playoffs are here. We're roughly halfway through the state tournaments for fall sports. Late part of October, Halloween, just around the corner. Thank you for tuning in to the WSN podcast, and a thank you to our sponsors, including B3 Sciences. Are you looking for an athletic advantage for your athlete or team? B3 Sciences is the answer. Originally limited to only Olympic caliber athletes, it is now available to anyone. Increase vertical leap, quickness, speed, and strength through a more effective, efficient, and safer way to get a deeper level of fatigue and more muscle fiber recruitment than many modern workouts. Visit drken.b3sciences.com and take a 30-day no-risk test drive. Technology trusted by the Milwaukee Brewers, Chicago Cubs, LA Clippers, USA Powerlifting Team, the Kansas City Chiefs, and more. Today on the WSN Podcast, we're going to take a look back at Level 1 of the high school football playoffs, do kind of a recap, talk about some of the upsets and how that compares to the past, how the seeding played out. We'll also take a look at Level 2 of the playoffs, preview what's going to happen this weekend. Theme of the uh, the week a little bit is rematches, and we'll hit on some of the big rematches that will take place on Friday night. We'll also talk a little bit about our WSN Senior Football Awards that uh, we announced the finalists for this week, kind of go through that process, and just uh, get caught up on the, uh, the, the high school football playoffs as we are heading into the last few weeks of the season. As you're going to these playoff games this weekend, we want to make sure that you arrive safely. We want you to arrive uh, safe and sound. Watch out for deer. And let's do that by helping save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, level one of the high school football playoffs we saw some upsets. We saw, uh, you know, I, I think uh, on the high-ish side, excuse me, of the number of, of upsets that we usually get in uh, level one of the playoffs. We saw 25 road teams go on the road, lower-seeded teams, and get victories in level one. Again, that's, you know, not uncommon. We've seen more um the first year that coaches did the seeding, there were 26 lower-seeded teams, and that was 2012, by the way. 26 lower-seeded teams that claimed victories that year. Um, you know, there was other years. Uh, 2015, coaches did the seeding. There was 25 lower-seeded teams that went on the road and won. So overall, in line with what we've seen before, there were 13 teams seeded sixth or worse that went on the road to get victories in level one. There were four number eight seeds that went on the road and got wins. Two of them were, were Milwaukee City Conference teams. We talked a little bit about that last week, how that continues to be a little bit of a thorn in the side of the WIAA when it comes to the seeding. So both number one, number one seeded Milwaukee City Conference teams, Milwaukee Marshall and Milwaukee King went down but there was also a couple other games where a one seed went down. Hudson was the top seed in Group A of Division One, which, by the way, was the strongest overall division in terms of combined win-loss percentage, the strongest uh, region, excuse me, uh, of any in the state. Chippewa Falls beat Hudson. 
And then in Division 5, Mayville took down Winnebago Lutheran. That was an 8 over a 1. And the common theme between those two games was it was conference rematches. Both games had been won by the number one seed during the regular season, competitive games, and the result was flipped in the postseason. And we see that quite often where it's very hard to beat a team twice during the course of the year. And in this case, that the lower-seeded team, the one that lost in the regular season, went on the road, got the job done. And so we had four eight seeds that ended up winning. Um, a few other things that stood out from level one. We have to highlight some history that was made. Big time history as Columbus running back Colton Brunel broke the state's all-time career rushing record, had 235 yards in a 49-0 shutout of Broadhead Judah. That moved him to 6,985 yards for his career. That bests the previous record which was 6,932, set by Racine Lutheran's Tyler Tenner, who played from 2016 to 2019. Uh, Colton Brunel did not play running back as a freshman. That was the COVID year in the spring of 2020. He played defense, was a starter on defense for then head coach Calvin Zenz, who's now the head coach in Reedsburg. Um, so Brunel has, do, has done this in just three years. He is very close to going over 2,000 yards for the third straight season, which is incredible. He is obviously very close, 15 yards away from becoming the first player in state history with over 7,000 career rushing yards. So incredible performance by him. Uh, their run continues. They go on the road this week to play at Prairie du Chien. Uh, again, Columbus drops down to Division 5 this year after winning it all in Division 4 last season. Other noteworthy items, Bill Young became the third head coach in state history to win 400 career games. Catholic Memorial beat Martin Luther 49 to nothing. He joins Bob Highland, who's over 500 career victories of St. Mary Springs, and then Edgar's Jerry Sins, who's north of 460 career victories. Uh, so big congratulations to Coach Young as uh, the Crusaders looking out like one of the favorites in Division Four to take home another gold ball. And how about Racine Case? Outstanding performance by the Eagles. They uh, went on the road and beat Milwaukee Reagan, the very first playoff win in school history. Case has not had a lot of success in, in the past. They only have, this is only the fifth time they've ever been to the playoffs. 1980, uh, 1980 they were in the playoffs, 1987, 1997. And then we're not in the playoffs until 2019, back in this season, and get the first, first win in program history in the playoffs. Uh, again, talked about the struggles of the Milwaukee City Conference. They did not win a game uh, this weekend. Uh, the two city conference divisions went a combined 0 and 8. Um, but as I had mentioned on Twitter, you know, number one, it's not uncommon. We've seen the Milwaukee schools struggle for a while, but it is really, really hard for those schools that are in multi-high school districts to find success. Whether that's Madison, Milwaukee, Green Bay, Janesville, Eau Claire, whatever it might be, 
there are 19 districts that have multiple high schools in their district. Those 19 districts account for 58 total teams. Those 58 teams, some of whom did not make the playoffs at all, 58 teams combined for five playoff victories in level one. Again, it just goes to show how challenging it is at a multi-high school district to be successful, especially in a sport like football. And there's a lot of discussion. There was a lot of discussion on, on Twitter, some really good um, you know, thoughts, I think, um, about why that is. Some people don't believe it, I guess, first of all, which is surprising because the data and the anecdotal uh, you know, comments from coaches that have actually been in those situations shows how challenging it can be. I mean, if you think about it, in these districts that have multiple high schools, let's look over a 10-year period, let's say. I don't know that there's really many that you would look at and say, yeah, both of those programs or multiple programs have been successful. Brookfield has been kind of the anomaly. We saw Brookfield East make it to state a couple times in the last decade. We've seen Brookfield Central make it to state a couple times in the last decade. But that is about it. If you think about the Madison schools, uh, Madison Memorial made it to the state semifinals a few years ago, but otherwise not a lot of success in the postseason there. The lacrosse schools haven't had uh, a lot of success necessarily. Uh, they both did make the playoffs this year. Um, Logan was under 500. Eau Claire schools have not been that successful. The Janesville schools have struggled mightily. I was on with uh, John Barry at uh, WCLO in, uh, in Janesville earlier this week for an interview. And, you know, Janesville Parker, Janesville Craig, it has been a while be uh, since those schools were, you know, really competitive. You have to go back to 2000 and uh, let's see, 2004, the last time Janesville Parker won a playoff game. And you have to go back to 1999, the last time Janesville Craig won a playoff game. We think about the Wauwatosa schools. Uh, West has had a little bit of a resurgent recently, a resurgence recently, but you know those programs have struggled. The West Allis schools are really struggling. There's been talks of consolidation between those programs and you know, they've won it out of, of conferences. The Waukesha schools, Waukesha West has been very good at different times, uh, and it was pretty solid this year, but North and South have struggled. They have requested realignment out of the Classic Eight. Um, you go up to the Green Bay schools, Southwest was competitive for a little while, but they've kind of dropped off, and, and really none of the four Green Bay schools are, are competitive right now. The Sheboygan schools have not been very uh, competitive. Um, you just, you go up and down and, uh, Wausau, I mean, Wausau East has dropped out. They, they played some eight player football just a couple years ago. And obviously Wausau schools will combine in a couple years. Um, well, it'll be interesting to continue to follow Sun Prairie, uh, obviously new split. This is only the second year. Those two teams have been split East and West. Uh, they've been pretty solid. East is still among the better teams in the state. Sun, uh, Sun Prairie West has made the playoffs, but you know, they haven't necessarily pushed for, you know, the top spot in the conference or won a playoff game yet or anything like that. So uh, we'll, we'll see if that is kind of like the Brookfield situation where maybe that's one of the few places that you see uh, some level of success. Uh, so it's 
it's just tough. And, and we'll get into the reasons why it can be so challenging at a multi-high school district in a, in a different podcast. But the data shows that it is very, very challenging to be successful in that situation. So the Milwaukee City Schools struggled. Uh, there was a couple other conferences that did not score a win in level one. The CWC Small went 0-2. The, the Ridge and Valley, the last year for the Ridge and Valley, at least as an 11-player conference, went 0-4. And the South Central Conference went 0-5. were a couple conferences that did have a, a, a great amount of success and, in fact, went unbeaten in level one. The Six Rivers was 3-0. That's not that uncommon. We've seen the Six Rivers be a pretty strong small school league over the years. The one that perhaps surprised the most was the Trailways Conference. Just two years ago, that league was 0-5 in the conference. Uh, there's There's been some challenges and some struggles for the Trailways Conference over the years and the teams in that league. This year, though, 4-0 and in level one of the playoffs. There were some other conferences that did pretty well. Also, the Capital, Classic 8, Flyway, FBA, and Middle Border Conferences went 4-1. and one. Now, a few of those, the only loss they had was to another conference school. Then there were some other conferences that were 3-1, and 2-1. And, um, and it, it was kind of, you know, what you expected. It was the better conferences that we, that we would consider the better conferences that had pretty good showings in the postseason. I mean, we, I think everyone thinks... Capital and the Classic Eight and the FBA, the Flyway, the Middle Border are some of the better conferences in, you know, at their size in the entire state. And it showed in the results that we got in level one. One of the other things that we always do um, that we'll continue to do throughout the playoffs is just kind of keep track of how some of the teams did that went under 500 in conference play and under 500 overall. So there were 39 teams that qualified for the playoffs with a conference record under. 500. Six of those claimed victories in level one, Chippewa Falls, Howard's Grove, Mayville, who we talked about, uh, them and Chippewa Falls got wins over a one seed, Somerset, Sparta, and Stoughton. All under 500 in conference and all got victories. There were 41 teams that qualified for the playoffs with an overall record under 500. Nine of those went on to score a victory in level one. Cadott, Chippewa Falls, De Pere, Fond du Lac, Germantown, Howard's Grove, Mayville, Somerset, and Stoughton. Technically, uh, there were 18 teams that entered the playoffs undefeated. Ocanto Falls lost as one of those teams, but they actually had two regular season losses in replacement games that did not count on their official record. So everybody that was unbeaten on the field ended up unbeaten after level one. I, I can guarantee you that will not be the case this week. Uh, the game I was at was very competitive. It was an outstanding high school football game. The Quick Trip in Wisconsin Dairy Game of the Week. Watertown Luther Prep, 21, Westby, 18. Watertown Luther Prep controlled it early on. Um... And they were up 14 to 6 and seemed to be in control in the second half. And then Westby made a comeback. They, they pulled within 14 to 12 midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, but a jump pass on a two-point conversion attempt was swatted down. Uh, 
Watertown Luther Prep got the ball back and they were driving. They were in Westby territory with a little over three minutes left. And the Phoenix threw an interception, gave Westby another chance. And a short time later, Westby went in for a touchdown to make it 18 to 14 with just less than two minutes remaining. But that was enough time for Watertown Luther Prep to make a uh, a trip down the field. They were aided by a late hit penalty on Westby on the sideline, um, got inside the five-yard line, and with just 28, 28 seconds left, Phoenix running back Arthur Robinson went in for a touchdown, giving Watertown Luther Prep a 21-18 win. It was a great game. Uh, two very good teams. I mean, Watertown Luther Prep was a five-seed and had to go on the road as... Uh, a co or tri champion, I think it was, in the um, Metro Classic Conference. So they shared that title. It was a three-way share uh, share between Lake Country Lutheran, Racine K uh, St. Catharines, and Watertown Luther Prep. Luther Prep was seven and two on the year, but again, got a uh, five seed. Went on the road. Now they got another tough one. They've got to play two-time defending state champion Aquinas in level two in that. Really, really strong group in uh, Division Five, where the other game is Columbus and Prairie du Chien. That group, strong, uh, far and away the strongest of any of the groups in Division Five. Um, so that was kind of our our recap of Level One. Again, pretty close to the normal level of upsets. Uh, sets up some really interesting games in Level Two that we'll go through uh, momentarily, but. Um, you know, I, I thought it, I thought it worked out pretty well. I thought the seeding was, it worked out extremely well with the exception of the Milwaukee city uh, schools. I thought, uh, this might've been overall the best year for the computer seeding. Again, take out the city conference schools, which continue to be an anomaly. Um, and I thought it, I thought it went really well. This, the city schools just, it's tough. I, I think we talked about it last week, but you know, when the computer seating was developed a few years ago, the city conference was still playing more non-conference games. They were, uh, you know, going outside the league. And now there are very, very few non-conference games played by the city conference. Milwaukee King played a couple. Um, there just wasn't many. A lot of them just played cross-division games that did not count in the standings but were non-conference, which is certainly fine and understandable. But it, when you have a, a, a system that is trying to compare teams around the state that already don't have a lot of shared data points, when now there's this group of teams that have almost no shared data points with anyone else, it becomes very difficult to do. And it was not, you know, what it was designed to do well the first time around. And many of the city conference teams are not playing their full nine game schedule. The, the system as designed looks at averages. It doesn't account for weighting of whether you play seven or nine games and that can throw things off because if a team, you know, does not play non-conference games where, you know, if one of the Milwaukee city schools goes and plays uh, a Tosa school or something like that, there's, there's a good chance they're going to get beat. So there's not as many there's not as many losses for the city conference teams overall as you might see if they went out and played non-conference games or played a full 
nine game schedule. And that is uh, also throwing off the uh, the computer seating. So something, as I've said before, I think and hope the WIAA will look at and review to try to adjust uh, for that without you know, causing problems somewhere else, unintended consequences, uh, with, with, uh, something else in the, you know, in the, uh, state. So we'll see, we'll see what they, uh, are able to do and what they decide to do. All right. So level one in the books, we had history, we had some upsets, we had, you know, a lot of really good action, I thought. So what now, what do we get into now? Well, let's, let's go through each division and just highlight some of the games where, again, I think, one of the big stories in level two, and, and that's frequently the case, is rematches. Teams that met up during the regular season, often conference opponents that play another time in the postseason. Before we get too far, though, and before we preview some of those games, let's remind everybody out there once again to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, let's get into previewing some of these divisions, some of these games, talking about some of these rematches that will occur this weekend. And we'll begin in Division One, where there are some really significant conference rematches between big-time rivals in Level 2 of the playoffs here. We'll start in Group C, where Middleton travels to Verona, Big eight schools, rivals on uh, on Highway M there. Uh, our good friend Rob Hernandez, former prep editor at the State Journal, called that the battle for Highway M. And the first time around, uh, these and these are clearly the top two teams in the, the Big Eight right now in the last couple years, really, since the realignment took uh, the Sun Prairie schools out. But uh, the first time around, Verona scored a victory over Middleton. That was two years in a row that they've won the head-to-head -head and gone on to win a conference title. So Verona's the two seed. They get the home game and should be a, an excellent conference rematch. Hopefully, um, excuse me, hopefully everyone was able to get out to that game and the weather allows it. And, you know, it should be a great, great atmosphere between two really good football teams, two really talented football teams that have dominated that conference. Somewhat similar story in the bottom part where you have Oak Creek and Franklin. I, I think the two top programs in the Southeast Conference over the last few years and, and even going back a little further. However, Franklin really has dominated this, this rivalry. They they won earlier this year in a running clock, uh, really wasn't that close. So, you know, I, I don't know that it will be quite as close of a game as, as we hopefully will see in Verona Middleton. Uh, and Franklin's playing it with a little bit of chip on their shoulder as they are the number two seed behind Muskego. Um, but uh, again, an excellent rivalry and an excellent conference rematch there in level two. Good games all around in level one. Uh, again, we've got an eight seed still alive, a couple of eight seeds still alive, excuse me. Chippewa Falls, they'll take on Nina, and DePier will face off against Fond du Lac. If you're Fond du Lac, you were a five seed. You lost the first four games of the year, rallied to, to get uh, better at the end, but I don't know that they anticipated or expected getting a home game at any point in the playoffs, but here we are. All right. Division two. There's some really good rivalries, uh, excuse me, really good rematches here in division two, where you have a, a bunch of games that are conference rematches. In fact, half of the games are, uh, are rematches from the regular season. That includes Menominee and new Richmond. 
those teams out of the Big Rivers Conference. New Richmond got the win in the regular season. You've got a non-conference rematch between Kaukauna and West Appear. This is the fourth time these teams will have played in just over, uh, what, about 14 months, I guess it would be. They played a non-conference game last year. They played in the playoffs last year. They played a non-conference game earlier this year that Kaukauna won, and now they will meet up in the playoffs. There's a North Shore rematch between Homestead, the champions of the North Shore, and Cedarburg, who finished second. A nice resurgent year for Cedarburg. A Badger conference rematch between Sun Prairie East and Monona Grove as well. And of course, there's eight-seeded Germantown, who's still alive. They take on Slinger. That was actually our quick trip in Wisconsin Dairy Game of the Week last year in Level 2. I made a trip down to Slinger. Got a chance to see uh, the Owls host Germantown. It was a very good game. Slinger ended up winning, I think it was 35-28. Avery Kurth had a big game. He ran for over 250 yards, I think it was, for Slinger. Uh, And uh, and Kelly, Henry Kelly, threw for 400 yards for Germantown in a losing effort. So uh, that's a, a rematch there. I really like the Waukesha West Badger game as well. That's not a rematch or anything like that, but it is. Uh, a tough game for Badger as an undefeated team, winners of the Southern Lakes Conference, taking on Waukesha West, who has wrecked so many Southern Lakes teams over the years as sometimes an underseeded team. Um, so that's going to be a tough game for Badger as a two seed and again as an undefeated team. Division three, a number of re- of uh, rematches here of of various kinds. Uh, you've got um, a playoff rematch from last year, Port Washington and Grafton. That was a playoff game that I was at last year as well. This time it'll be, uh, or this time it is in Port Washington, excuse me, as the uh, one seed. They'll take on four seeded Grafton. Also, a rematch from an earlier non conference game this year. Really interesting and intriguing one. Third seeded on Alaska travels to second seeded Medford. Medford beat excuse me, Onalaska beat Medford in the playoffs last year. It was a, a pretty good thrashing by Onalaska. It was a veteran Onalaska team, especially their defense. Very, very talented. This year, uh, week two, non-conference game, Onalaska had just lost to West Salem in overtime uh, and went and played Medford. Medford ran for 562 yards in a dominating I think it was 52-35 win for Medford. Just ran all over on Alaska in that one. Running Maryland Eye and some single wing type stuff. Just gave on Alaska fits. On Alaska struggled stopping the, the run all year, allowing more than 250 yards per game on the ground. On Alaska's offense, we know can, can put up some points. Adam Skifton is one of the best high school quarterbacks that we've seen in a while got some talented receivers, even though Evan Anderson has been out with injury, um, but uh, a talented group for Alaska. I think they can put some points on the board, but can they stop Medford? You know, you gave up 562 yards the last time. What can you do? What kind of things do you try to do to change that? And, and what is a realistic, you know, expectation is if you hold them under 300, is that, is that good? I, I don't know. Do you, you know, I don't know what um, what Tom Yashinsky and his staff are are gunning for there, but uh, you have to think Alaska is going to have to outscore Medford in uh, in that one. All right, let's move on to Division 
four. Again, some conference rematches here. You've got St. Croix Central taking on Baldwin-Woodville. Those two teams played earlier this year. Uh, St. Croix Central got the win in that one. Uh, an interesting uh, game, not a rematch, and, and it's not one. This is our quick trip in Wisconsin Dairy game of the week as Somerset will travel to Mosinee. 170-ish miles between those two teams. You wouldn't think there would be much of a connection there. However, the head coaches, Kyle Stoffel for, Mo, uh, for Mosinee, Joe Hutter for Somerset, they were college teammates at Winona State. They came in the same incoming freshman class at Winona State. So some uh, some connection there. And uh, looking forward to that one. I, I have not been to Mosinee for a game. In fact, I have not seen Mosinee uh, in in a football game. That'll be a new one for, for my list. I think that will be Team 206 that I have seen in person. Uh, I've seen Somerset before when they made it to state several times uh, back under uh, under Bruce Larson. So uh, looking forward to, uh, to making the trip there. Um, Division 5. We talked about it before the playoffs started, that really the big story in Division 5 is that Group C, which features two-time defending state champion Aquinas, they get Watertown Luther Prep this week. Uh, Watertown Luther Prep went on the road last week. That was our quick trip in Wisconsin Dairy game of the week. I saw them take on and beat Westby Luther Prep, a five seed, but they were seven and two in the regular season. They were a tri-champion in the Metro Classic, and they had to go on the road. They got an impressive win over Westby. It was a very good game. Went back and forth, including the final few minutes, but Watertown Luther Prep scored with under, under 30 seconds left to win that one. The other game in Division 5 is defending Division 4 state champion Columbus, who hammered, hammered Broadhead Judah 49 to nothing. The Cardinals will travel to Prairie du Chien. Talked about it before. Colton Brunel, running back from Columbus, broke the state rushing record last year. He almost certainly, barring injury, will go over 7,000 yards and become the first player in state history to do that. Columbus was not too pleased about their seed, having to go on the road in this one. Defending champions, they only had one loss this year. They got a three seed, but uh, should be excellent, excellent games in group number five. Or excuse me, in, in group group number five, in Division Five, Group C. There's another rematch uh, between Wittenberg Burnhamwood and Amherst. Wittenberg Burnhamwood won during the regular season, and uh, and they'll get in Amherst. That I think will will be a tough game. We we've seen it so many times that teams, you know, they they lose in the regular season and come back and get a win in the postseason. It's it's just so hard to beat a team two times. Group D is kind of that upset bracket where we have a uh, a seeded Mayville still alive. They will travel to Lake Country Lutheran this weekend, and then Lomira, the seventh seed, they beat Milwaukee Academy of Science, and they will play Horicon Houstisford this week. Those teams played in a non-conference game earlier this year that was won by Horicon Houstisford. All right, Division Six. Again, we've got uh, rematches here. Most notably, a rematch of last year's Division VI state championship game as Stratford will take on Mondovi. Stratford's the two seed. They beat Mondovi for the state championship last year. That one will uh, take place in Marshfield. It was moved to the uh, beautiful stadium there in Marshfield. 
uh, with some weather, you know, concerns over the next couple of days and field conditions and things like that. So uh, a big rival, or excuse me, a big rematch there that uh, is is definitely one of the better games on the docket this week. Grantsburg will play Lady Smith again, uh, and then Darlington will take on Mineral Point. Darlington beat Mineral Point earlier this year. I don't know if Mineral Point's got quite enough to get the Redbirds a second time, but we'll uh, we'll see in that one. And then a, a game that uh, has no connection, it doesn't have a rematch or anything, but I really like is Lancaster at Kenosha St. Joseph. Lancaster's a very good team coming out of the SWC. Um, got a three seed and uh, has to travel to Kenosha St. Joseph. Lancaster kind of struggled, maybe more than we expected against Cambridge in uh, in level one, but they can uh, they can run the football down there at Lancaster once again, and that could be some some challenges for Kenosha St. Joseph, who is about as explosive explosive and dominant this year as any team in the state. They they didn't play a great schedule. the The Midwest Classic was down a little bit, but Jalen Gordon uh, averaging almost 17 yards a carry doing Melvin Gordon type things, by the way, they are not related, but, uh, uh, Jane Dorn, Jane Gordon, just putting up crazy video game numbers. He's not the only talented skill kid there at St. Joe's. Eric Kennessy is the quarterback and also uh, a defensive back. We saw him be one of the showstoppers at camp at uh, the Cole center at the boys basketball state tournament last year. They also have Jemire Davis, very talented two-way player that's a finalist for our uh, Jim Leonard Award is one of the better cornerbacks in the state. He's also an excellent receiver, leads them in receiving. So it's going to be tough for Lancaster to keep those offensive weapons, those skill players in check for St. Joe's. In Division 7, got a rematch in the Dun St. Croix between Boyceville and Spring Valley. Boyceville won that one the first time around. We have a rematch in the Six Rivers Conference as top-seeded Potosi-Cassville will welcome in River Ridge. That's an interesting one because Potosi-Cassville trailed River Ridge by two scores in the fourth quarter the first time those two teams played. And uh, Potosi-Cassville was able to rally in the fourth quarter, got a win over Ridge and, over uh, River Ridge. That ended up giving Potosi-Cassville uh, a conference championship, gave them a top seed in the uh, in the playoffs as well. And uh, obviously means that Potosi-Cassville will host this game, but it will be a tough one. Uh, again, playing a, a conference opponent a second time, especially one that you had a very competitive game with, going to be very tough there for uh, for Potosi-Cassville. Um, Lords Academy and, and Randolph play. That's a rematch from the Trailways earlier this year. Uh, and, and how about a couple really interesting games of note that are not rematches, but in Division 7, which as we talked about before the playoffs started, had the best combined win-loss percentage of any of the divisions, which sets up some great games in level two, including Regis at Edgar. Regis is the defending state champions. They're not quite the same team that they were last year, obviously, whereas Edgar has just dominated people this year. One loss to Ellsworth early in the season. They've rattled off nine straight wins since then. They beat uh, their big rival Stratford dominating fashion and week two, and have not allowed a point the last eight games, including a 36-0 shutout of Glenwood City. You also have Bangor at Pepin Alma. A lot of people have been kind of talking about a Bangor-Cashton rematch, potentially in level three, but I tell you what, 
Bangor is going to have all they can handle with second-seeded Pepin Alma. Uh, Pepin Alma is undefeated. They've got really experienced, athletic, skilled kids. Demetrius Bergman, Evan Olson, Maddox Stewart. And uh, they've got the, the pedigree to get the job done against Bangor, which would uh, set up potentially either Cashton against Pepin Alma as an undefeated level three game, which would be outstanding. Or if Bangor does happen to pull that one off, Cashton and Bangor in the playoffs once again. I picked Reedsville to come out of the right side of the bracket. And uh, I just, I thought that they had looked really good this year. Uh, they were at state just a few years ago. However, they kind of struggled against Loyal in level one. Parker Maney did not play. Their, their uh, dynamic dual threat quarterback, uh, just a junior, did not play in that game. I don't know his status for this week, but it will be interesting to see if uh, if he does play and if he does not, what that means for Reedsville as they take on Cambria Friesland this week. So again, interested to see how that one might play out with uh, with an injury situation potentially impacting things there in Division 7. All right, last but not least, eight-player football is into the state quarterfinals. We saw in level one, really just one, you know, any significant upset is Abundant Life Christian went on the road to beat North Crawford. Uh, they had lost to North Crawford earlier in the year. They get another rematch opportunity. Abundant Life lost two games this year, one to North Crawford, which they avenged, and then one in the final game of the regular season against Oakfield, and that is their opponent this week, as Abundant Life will travel to Oakfield. Big-time game between Clayton and McDonald Central. Both teams are undefeated. Clayton comes out of the Lakeland Conference. McDonald Central uh, looked really good this year with some impressive non-conference wins against Owen Withy and Thorpe. Speaking of Thorpe, they get a second shot at Gilman. Uh, Gilman beat them the first time around. Uh, the quarterback for Gilman, I believe it's Dawson Krizan, um, got injured in that one and has not played since. They've continued to to roll, and Troy Troy Duelman has uh, carried a bigger role in the offense, running the football for the Pirates. But a second chance for a very talented Thorpe team, although Gilman kind of had um, you know caused some problems with their overall team speed the the last time around. So a good one there. Other side of the bracket, Florence will take on Three Lakes Phelps. Um, Three Lakes lost to Florence earlier this year. It was a competitive game. Uh, and two pretty good quarterbacks going at it in this one. Jared Kaufman, the quarterback for Three Lakes Phelps, uh, one of, if not the best, uh, offensive player players in eight-player football. So eight-player is into the state quarterfinals. We we have tentative locations set for the state semifinals next weekend. One of the games, uh, again, tentatively set to be held at Stanley Boyd. One of the games tentatively set to be held at Wapaka. Those are subject to change. And then the state championship in just two weeks at Wisconsin Rapids Lincoln. So there's our look at, uh, at what's on tap for this weekend with level two playoff action. I mentioned earlier that this is also as we kind of turn the corner and into the playoffs and, and get deeper in the playoffs. This is also award season. So you've started to see a number of all conference awards come out. We are posting those as we get them. Some conferences don't uh, post theirs until uh, their their teams are done playing. Some have already been released. Some won't be out for a little while, but we will track all of those down 
and post those. And, and you can follow me on Twitter at TravisWSN, and I'm posting those as they uh, as they come in. Also means that it is award season here at WSN. We have uh, announced this week our finalist for the WSN Senior Football Awards for all eight positions. Offense was done yesterday and Wednesday. All of the uh, finalists for defense and special teams announced today on Thursday. So excited to uh, to be able to highlight and spotlight those kids. It's always a tough, uh, tough cut down to go from the semifinalist list to the finalists. I think I, I think I held uh, held things together a little better this year. Sometimes I get a little messy, and you know, we're, we we try to do five finalists is what we're trying to do. Sometimes that's six, sometimes it's eight if it's a really strong year, but I, I tried to hold myself to five finalists this year and, and did a better job. I think there was three of the positions where I had six finalists, but none that were more than that. So again, it's a tough cut down. There's other kids that are certainly strong uh, candidates that, that we gave strong consideration to. Um, I, I usually have a list of four, five, sometimes eight or 10 other players at each position that, you know, you, you feel like you could put into the mix and, and would be justified. But when you're trying to cut it down at some point, you've got to, to limit it the best you can. Um, and you know, we, we try to keep in mind that this is, uh, this is different than player rankings. This is not player rankings is, is more, incorporates more quite a bit more, you know, college potential, where you might end up at, um, you know, that, that kind of thing. Our senior football awards are, are really all about what did you do on the football field? And so sometimes, and oftentimes that is the highest ranked kids, right? So our, our offensive linemen this year, our Joe Thomas award finalists, all of them, uh, are committed to, uh, Division One programs—a really strong group this year. At the running back spot, most of those are uh, smaller school kids, uh, very good players, outstanding, uh, incredible high school football players, but not necessarily ones that are going on to play Division One. Although Terrence Shelton is a D1 kid, Colton Brunel is committed to North Dakota. But uh, again, it's about what you do on the field for these, and it can be again very difficult. Let's be honest, the more successful your team is, the better chance that you are going to to reap the benefits of postseason accolades, whether it's our WSN Senior Football Awards, whether it's all-conference, whether it's all-region, WFCL State, whatever it might be. So we're trying to find the best of the best. It's an inexact science. It's you know what we feel uh, is, is uh, the right way to go about it. Don't disagree with others that might disagree with that. Um, you know, it's okay to have different perspectives on that and, uh, you know, feel like your player might be justified in being on there. Totally understand that. The winners of the WSN Senior Football Awards, by the way, will be announced the week of the state finals. That's also when WFCA All-State will come out. We already saw the release of WFCA Academic All-State, and that was uh, a great opportunity to showcase teams and players that are achieving at a high level athletically, or excuse me, academically, to be on that individual academic all-state list, which was over 700 kids 
You had to have a 3.75 GPA or better and, uh, and be a senior. And to have the team academic All-State designation, your senior group had to have at least five seniors total. Your total senior group had to have a GPA of at least 3.33. So great, uh, great uh, opportunity to recognize those players and those teams. Uh, and there'll be more postseason awards that will come out. Uh, the awards that we do, the WFCA, AP, others, uh, getting into that uh, that award season. But right now, level two is here. We're down to 112 teams left in 11-player football, just eight teams remaining in eight-player football. That number is cut in half once again on Friday night at level two of the playoffs. Another roughly 1,000 High school football players will play the last organized football game of their career, of their life, this weekend. Bittersweet to send them off. Uh, excited for the playoffs, but um, the end is near for this football season. And unfortunately, the, that means the end is near for many high school football players' careers. Enjoy it. Rage against the dying of the light. Go out the way that you would like to go out. Uh, whether that's a win or a loss, um, you know, go out the way that you would like to do. Before we head out, though, let's uh, take one more chance to remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. The deer are starting to move. The weather might not be the greatest. It might be rainy, slippery. Please make sure that you are arriving to your destination safely as you travel out and about this weekend and hopefully getting out to some of these great high school football games that we played on Friday night in Level 2. That will do it for this week, though. Uh, this has been a WSN podcast. I'm Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game. <laughs>